Welcome to episode 10 of the Running on Ohm podcast. This is your host, Julia Hanlon, and I'm excited to have Debbie Steingesser, San Francisco-based yoga teacher, CrossFit Level 1 trainer, and creator of Yogi Wad on the podcast. Debbie was first introduced to yoga at the age of 16 as a way to unwind after dance classes. Since then, Debbie has become a 500-hour level yoga teacher and has taught at major yoga events, including Yoga Reaches Out and Bhakti Fest. In this episode, we discuss Debbie's relationship with yoga, her first class to her teacher training studies with Saul David Ray. Debbie describes how CrossFit has become a major passion for her and studying with accomplished CrossFit coaches, teaching yoga to CrossFit athletes, and her recent launch of Yogi Wad. Lastly, Debbie shares her current inspirations, which range from the poetry of Mary Oliver to chanting kirtan music. I hope you enjoy the show. Om. Welcome, Debbie, to the Running on Ohm podcast. What are you up to today? Today, actually, you caught me right in the midst of, I think, um, it's kind of like giving birth. <laughs> uh, we're, uh, we are launching yogiwad.com, which is um, an online site designed to develop community around bringing yoga to CrossFit athletes and just real people who kind of don't have necessarily time to devote to like a daily hour and 40 minute yoga practice, but want like bits and pieces of the yoga, um, in a way that's accessible and designed, um, to benefit their training or kind of whatever they're doing in their life. So, um, we just launched it right now. Um, the site went live and Facebook and everything. So it's really exciting here in my kitchen in San Francisco. (laughs) Thank you. So let's back up. What was first, yoga or CrossFit for you? Um, Yoga was first. I was first introduced to yoga actually through dance. Um, My mom was a dancer and I grew up doing dance and gymnastics. And when I was um, a teenager, I went to dance camp in upstate New York in the Adirondacks. And I had this amazing modern really quirky modern dance teacher named Lynn Brown, who I'm still in touch with actually on Facebook, which is kind of awesome how small the world is. But um, he would do like 20 minutes of yoga at the end of all of our dance classes. And I remember finishing in Shavasana and thinking, I love the nap time. Like I love this restorative nap time that we get at the end of dancing. Um, And so that's when I really kind of learned what yoga was. And then when I was in college in Boston, I was doing an internship actually in Omaha, Nebraska for a winter, which I, I love Omaha, but I don't I have ever recommend spending a winter there. Um, and there was no dance. And it was like at the height of when I was dancing a lot. And um, there was a little yoga, uh, yoga studio called Omaha Yoga Center, which I think is still there um, on 61st and Maple. And I would go there every single day. And that was like when I really started a regular yoga practice and, and saw kind of like the how the practice worked beyond the physical. I had my first like real yoga moments there and in the middle of Omaha. And then I, and then I started, um, it kind of brought me out to California and I did my training out here and have been teaching for the last uh, seven years. So yoga. And what was that style that you were first introduced to in Omaha? Um, in Omaha, I, I think, at that point, there weren't that many, like, names of styles. I feel like it was just kind of a gentle hatha 
Um, I did a little bit of vinyasa. It wasn't like, I wasn't sweating. Um, it was freezing there. So, and there's no, not a lot of heat, but, um, yeah, I think it was kind of like Katha gentle. Um, they didn't name the classes. It was just like yoga one, two, and three, you know, this was like before the wave of styles and teachers. And this was like really kind of grassrootsy. Awesome. And so when you moved to California, did you know you wanted to be a yoga teacher? Did you come here specifically to study with one teacher in particular? Um, I knew when I was actually back in Boston practicing in a studio called Blissful Monkey with Carrie Jordan. That was when I really, I, I started asking her questions like, how do you become a yoga teacher? And at that point, there were, I think, two yoga trainings in Boston. It was so crazy. It was so, it's, it's cool to watch the evolution of yoga. Um, but she was telling me about yoga teacher training and I saw that there were a lot more out West and in California at that point, there was a lot more kind of innovation around yoga. Um, and so I came out here and I actually ended up working for Gaiam, um, the yoga company and working for their media departments. Um, and through them, I got introduced to sort of the burgeoning and flourishing worlds of the yoga industry and started realizing that there were like so many teacher trainings and so many different flavors of yoga. And so, um, I met my teacher, Saul David Ray at the Ojai Yoga Crib, which is a wonderful event in, um, it's down in Ojai, just outside of LA. Um, and it's right, it's actually next weekend, but, um, I met him there, I think eight years ago. And I just told him that day, I was like, I'm doing your teacher training. And, then I started the training in January, and the rest is history, I guess. <laughs> what spoke to you about his teachings? He was actually the teacher of my teacher in San Francisco, Bill Wyland at Bernal Yoga. And I loved, I loved Bill's classes because they felt really energetic and holistic. Um, and I, I sensed that there was more than just the physical happening. Um, and it was really accessible to all bodies and all ages. It wasn't just this like young, fast vinyasa practice. It was, um, it was really just kind of available. Um, and you would go to Bill's classes and there'd be such a range of people. And it was really like a strong community built around the practice. And so then when I met Saul, I felt like I was meeting Bill's dad or like godfather or something um because it just it was like the energy came from him and and i I've, I've seen it with all the teachers that have done training with Saul they all kind of have this really um energetic approach to teaching um and Saul is trained in Thai massage and has spent a lot of time in India and Thailand and really really um accentuates the classical teachings of yoga so the training is so much more than just asana it's pranayama and ayurveda and chanting and breath work and just all these different um sort of ways to access the practice so um so when i did the training with him it, it actually felt like it was a dance party for six months I mean, we were dancing and singing and like shaking and it was i mean when people ask me about my yoga training it was like the most unique experience that i've ever done um and he brings together what's one thing i'll say about Saul that has always been um something that i've gravitated towards his teaching and something that i've tried to do as a teacher is that 
it was never about him and his brand or like making it, um, you know, ma- making it this sort of culty, weird yoga experience. It was always about the student and um, very students in his training kind of all branched off and did their own things. And it wasn't like, this is Saul's teaching and this is Saul's brand. It was always like, there's just so many ways to experience the practice. And so the community that develops around him, everyone's so unique and no one feels forced to do something a certain way or um, they have a lot of, there's a lot of freedom in the teaching. Very cool. So when did CrossFit come into your life? In the past eight years, you've been teaching fully and so when did you find time to explore that avenue I don't know where the time is (laughs) but I um my best friend from college Daphne Rude and her partner my other really good friend um Benjamin Frank they opened a CrossFit gym in Boston called CrossFit H2O it's in Medford Massachusetts and they um they were telling me for years that I needed to try CrossFit and I was like oh it looks so intense like the same thing that all the yogis say like it looks so intense I can't handle it and um and then I was there last uh like two years ago no just under two years ago I was in Boston and I finally I finally went and I did a workout and literally after the workout I was like I feel amazing like this is the best thing ever and it was so hard and I felt so happy we played like CrossFit dodgeball. It felt like summer camp and still feels like summer camp, like gymnastics camp for adults. Um, I think that that's like a secret about CrossFit. Everyone thinks it's so intense, but it's actually like just really, really, really fun. And I think adults tend to be scared of fun sometimes. So they make it like really intense. It's really fun. Um, and then um, when I came back to San Francisco, Jaffney told me, my friend who owns the gym in Boston, she told me that the premier CrossFit facility in the world is in San Francisco and happens to be like in my backyard. And when I started, there was in a parking lot in the Presidio. So on one hand, you've got like this gravel, you're doing burpees in the gravel and you're getting like splinters in your hands. And then you look up and there's just this beautiful Golden Gate Bridge, sunset or sunrise, like landscape. And the world-class coaches, Kelly Starrett, he's a physical therapist and the owner of San Francisco CrossFit and he's just created this community where um, athletes and coaches can come together and again he's like he's like the Saul David Ray of CrossFit like it's not about him it's all about everybody finding like their vision and going towards that and it's so unique because he creates this umbrella where people are able to really find what they're good at and then create their own brands it's not like oh, you have to be Kelly's brand to be here. It's just the, like, really innovative movement community. And I've gotten to study with Carl Pauly, who's this world, world-class gymnast and CrossFit coach, and um, Diane Fu, who's Olympic weightlifting coach, and Nate Helming, specializes in endurance. And there's just so many different types of things going on there. And it's kind of under the umbrella of CrossFit, but it's really just, like, a summer camp for movement. The facility moved inside last January and I started teaching a weekly class for CrossFitters um, as part of the membership to being a part of the gym every Sunday at 10 a.m. And at first I really, I really didn't know who was going to come and what to expect at all. It was kind of like going back to school for teaching in a way because I didn't, um, I really didn't know what to expect and it 
it's been amazing because people come and the yoga happens. Like what I've realized from it is that yoga can happen anywhere. It doesn't have to be in a studio and in this sort of setting of yoga that we have created in the West. Like the, if you teach the yoga, the yoga will come through and we're, you know, we're under squat racks and rings and barbells and, and people are closing their eyes and they're able to breathe. And, um, so it's, I kind of feel like that's my baby class because like not, not for babies, but it's like my, it's like my pride and joy kind of because it's, um, it's been such a nice experience. And what benefits have you received in your life from CrossFit? Um, I have gotten so much more stable, so much more, um, joint stability and, um, just growing up as a gymnast and a dancer and a yogi, um, I was hypermobile in certain ways and hypomobile in certain ways. And so, um, finding like core strength stability when I'm in yoga poses, it was really hard to like get my muscles to work basically. Cause I didn't even know how they work. And so, um, doing strength training and endurance work, I've been able to get much, much stronger, but also just much more stable. Um, and it's, given me just sort of on a different level, it's given me uh, access to this community that I never, like, I never even knew existed. Um, I, you know, you know, from being in the yoga community, it like becomes, you teach yoga and then you go to yoga and then you hang out with yoga people and then you drink tea and, you know, it's like, it's this lifestyle and there's a, there's like so many other lifestyles and, what I appreciate CrossFit has its own community also. And, um, they're just like yogis only they eat meat and throw weights around. <laughs> so, but, the, but it's like the intention is the same, like to come together through movement, support each other and, um, you know, be successful and happy. So, um, so yeah, it's, it's been, and just to, to have access to something that's, um, that's new is always really exciting. Totally. And in your daily, in your week, in your day-to-day, how often do you get to go to the CrossFit gym? Is that something you're doing at home now? And how often do you step on your yoga mat? What's your day-to-day practice look like? I practice yoga every morning, no matter what, unless I'm like in Hawaii and there's a huge breakfast buffet that takes me away from my yoga mat. But but almost, I, I think 300 and I'd say, 50 days a year, I get on my yoga mat every morning before I leave the house. Like it's, it's like I get up, drink tea, have a little breakfast, shower, and then I get on my yoga mat. Some people think it's weird that I shower before, but I like to, I like to be clean when I get on my yoga mat. So, um, and it, and it's literally different every day. Like I, there are some days when I just sit for 15 minutes. There's some days when like I need to do a vigorous practice vinyasa practice like other days I'll do pranayama it it really um it depends it depends also if I'm teaching a lot of classes or a workshop that day like I'll focus it towards what I'm going to teach um or just kind of think about it more than actually like feel what I'm doing um and it also depends if like I'm going to go to CrossFit later and then I'll do something more gentle um so just just feeling like into what my body needs and what um, my day is going to look like 
kind of reflects what I do in my yoga practice. And CrossFit, I go to CrossFit classes three to five, sometimes six if I'm crazy, days a week. They're an hour workout. And um, what's cool about CrossFit is that it changes every day. So, you know, on Monday we'll do something that's really intense, like cardio. And then Tuesday it'll be a big strength day. So you you won't do, like, heavy breathing, but you'll do a lot of weight stuff. And then Wednesday... Wednesday's my favorite class at noon with um, my gymnastics coach, Carl Polly. So it, that really is the definition of adult summer camp. We, we tumble and we do stuff on rings and bars. And, um, there's not really weights, but it's, it's fun, really fun. So, and then, um, and then on Sundays we usually do, we created a hashtag yoga Metcon brunch where we have yoga for the CrossFit athletes and we do, a Metcon, which is like a really intense crossfit workout, um, high energy, and then we go to brunch until like dinner time. <laughs> that sounds awesome. And you're so, teaching that yoga? Yeah, yeah. That's every Sunday. And how has your teaching of the CrossFit community evolved since you began with Mondays at 10 a.m.? How have their experience with yoga changed? How has your experience of yoga changed because of it? Um, it's actually Sundays at 10 a.m. Oh, and, sorry. Um, no, <laughs> no worries. Um, and at, at, in the beginning, I, I felt like I was just teaching it very, very watered down and very basic, and I was really careful of what I was, um, what I was saying like how I was saying things, I was trying to be as little woo-woo as possible and like be just as direct as possible. And, um, it was in a way in the beginning, I felt like it was a little watered down because I wasn't, I was just trying to get a sense of what was, what my, um, what the students were and what they needed. And now it's like, I teach that class. Like I teach all my other classes. Like I just, I go in with a loose plan. I never have like a serious plan, but I have a loose plan. And then I just see what the energy level is. And, you know, I always ask for requests and what people are looking for. And, um, I kind of cater it to, to, um, what I feel like the energy is. And, and now it's, it just feels like the class gets into a rhythm together, just like every other class in the, the, the yoga is happening. Um, I tend, it, it tends to be maybe a little bit more breath focused in the beginning because that's been the hardest thing. It's the hardest thing I've found to teach is, is the breathing there because you go into a yoga studio and everyone knows to breathe when they move. It's, and, and if they don't, their neighbors are breathing loud enough that they kind of, it's kind of like osmosis. But when the CrossFit gym, it's also so big, it's hard to hear when people are breathing. So like the ceilings are high, it's a big warehouse. So I've, I've spent a little bit more time teaching breath. And I, I think that's really important for athletes um, to learn how to breathe and to also just to learn how to downregulate and to not be, at, you know, 100% all the time. Totally. Totally. And tell me, what is inspiring your teaching right now this week? Is there a book? Is there a quote? Is there a class you've taken, a concept? Honestly, rest has been inspiring my practice. The last two weeks, I 
Um, the weather's changing. It's gone from our, our summer. It's kind of in September and October. We get our warmest days and it went from being really warm to really chilly and foggy. And I feel like the energy level has just kind of, you know, it's everybody's getting the cold and, you know, the, the seasons are changing and, and I just have felt a desire in my own practice to like slow down and take baths and be warm and kind of cozy. And so I, um, I've been teaching a little bit more sweetness and, um, I, I've been proud. I actually have taken in the last two months, I've been taking restorative classes much more and I don't, I don't ever teach restorative, but I, there's like aspects of my classes that are restorative, um, like the, you know, beginning and end. And so, um, I feel like that just learning how to relax is part of my practice right now and not, not be constantly doing and creating and thinking about doing and creating, but actually letting my system recharge, which I, which I think is, really productive and when you're doing and creating to have that that time of pause I always talk about in my classes and it's one of my favorite themes um this essay from Alice Walker called the importance of the pause or um something about this I can't remember the exact name but it's right after she wrote the color purple she wrote this essay on how it's so important to take a conscious pause in your life um, after something big happens. So, and if you don't, then life will give you the pause in the form of like your car breaking down or getting a speeding ticket or sick or, you know, whatever. So just like making that time to take a conscious pause. Are there any other authors that really inspire you? I know the one time I was able to take your class in San Francisco when I visited, you were just quoting so many different inspirational <laughs> speakers just from your mind. I was so impressed. <laughs> and I so got that from Saul. Saul David Ray will just spit out quotes. I don't understand how he remembers all the quotes. I can only do it like... Debbie, ten, so do you. <laughs> But are there any other authors out there that you consider almost teachers for you? Mary Oliver. Mary Oliver is my greatest yoga teacher ever. And I, I really, I actually need to like put this out there into the internet. And like, I really want to meet her. She is, she's a poet. Have you, have you read any of her, yes. of her books? She's, she's so awesome. She, um, she's, I love that she, brings the spirit into just the everyday life and nature. And I can just, her poems, I was first introduced to her in college. I, I went to Emerson for creative writing and I had this professor, David Daniel, who was a really big influence on me and, um, and just kind of my creative life. And he introduced me to Mary Oliver and also to Rita Dove. And she's another real huge inspiration to me. Um, Adrian Rich also there, those are both poets. I love, I love poetry. Um, Billy Collins too, but Mary Oliver, she just like hits, she hits you right in the heart. Like sometimes it's so hard and her new book, I actually told this story because her new book just came out last week. It's called dog songs. And I wasn't as excited when I first heard the title. I was like, Oh, but I love the, I love the nature ones. So I was like, oh, a whole book about dogs. And I read it. It's a short read. You'll read it in like half an hour. Um, and 
I was so touched that I hugged the book. Like it's so moving on so many levels and she's just so real and honest. And, um, one of the things that I try to do in, as a teacher is to take my life experience and not, not be one of those teachers that no offense to those teachers, but that just talk about themselves. But I really try to constantly like consciously take moments or stories or experiences that I've had and somehow relate them to the yoga practice as I see they relate to the yoga practice and then relate them to the student's experience that they're having in that moment. Um, and I think that Mary Oliver does like an incredible job of that, of just like taking her daily experiences, even if she's just like in a forest or by a stream and then making it, um, relate to the bigger picture of how we're all connected or how she feels connected and, so I, I read one of her poems pretty much in every class that I ever teach. That's awesome. At the end of Shavasana. I think most classes, yeah. So. Even the CrossFit classes. Okay, not those. But no, like CrossFit. <laughs> CrossFit I sing in Shavasana with the harmonium. And it's funny because I um, I used to sing in all of my classes. Like I used to bring the harmonium and sing pretty much in all of my classes. And then as I started teaching throughout the city, um, I just, and this is so stupid because I, I lift like, you know, more than my body weight, but I was really getting really lazy about carrying my harmony. <laughs> so, but I take it to CrossFit because I, I feel like it's, it's pure. This is so cheesy, but I feel like it purifies the space and it's on Sundays and there's so much like sweat, blood, sweat and tears literally that happens in that space that, you know, there's, there's less blood in the yoga studio. <laughs> so I feel like it's so important that, that I sing there and, and I do that in Shavasana. So, um, and I spray them with my rose spray. I always spray rose spray on people's heads in Shavasana also. So I, I sing and spray the rose spray. But I'll I'll bring Mary Oliver in. That sounds so, awesome. Uh, Do it this weekend. <laughs> Let me know how uh, it goes. So tell I, me, uh, what is the role of chanting in your life? I know, explain to the listeners what a harmonium is. And what, do, do you participate in kirtans often? I do. Um, uh, so a harmonium is a classical Indian instrument. It's kind of, like, it looks like a little mini piano with an accordion attached um and it was traditionally used as accompaniment for uh classical indian concerts and then later on when um kirtan which is it's call and response singing or chanting um to a god or a goddess and it's um a lot of times people think it's really new agey or um kind of like not for them um but it's really just the, the tonal quality of singing and singing to something that represents, you know, like you're singing to Krishna and Radha and it's this idea of love or you're singing to Ganesha to um, remove obstacles or Shiva to like destroy things that aren't true. There's these different qualities that the chants invoke. And so singing them, it's just like a way to clear space and kind of open yourself up to possibility. So I started, uh, I was introduced to Kirtan um, through, initially, I think through Saul, I guess that was when I really started singing in my teacher training. And then my really dear friend, Sean Johnson, um, 
and the Wild Lotus Band in New Orleans, he actually taught me my first few chants on the harmonium. He taught me how to play like the chords for Ohm and Shanti, Shanti, Shanti. And we were, we were in a little beach house near uh, where I did my teacher training in, in Venice Beach, California. Um, and then I went to a million of Jayatal's Kirtan camp and I highly, highly recommend them. They are the best thing I ever did again and again. It's like when you find a good thing and then you just keep doing it and doing it and doing it. Um, he's, he's an amazing teacher and, um, just someone who really lives the practice of, of bhakti yoga. So, so bhakti yoga is, um, chanting and, and kirtan are, are a big part of the bhakti practice, um, which is basically yoga of the heart or yoga of devotion. And so I have studied, um, I've studied a lot of kirtan, a lot of Indian music, and um, it goes, I think like everything else, it, it goes in waves. Like sometimes I'm, every year around this time, right after Bhakti Fest, I teach at Bhakti Fest every year, and right after Bhakti Fest, I get like really charged and inspired, and I like play my harmonium every day, and um, and then it kind of dwindles, and it comes back depending on, you know, if I go to a lot of kirtans or um or you know whatever is going on, but um, but it is a it is a big part of my yoga. I I consider myself a bhakti yogi for sure. And when I first heard what bhakti was, and I was like, oh yeah, that's me, <laughs> like singing and dancing and community and eating good food and um, laughing. Like I I like that practice really re- resonates with me for sure. For sure. At the beginning of this conversation, we were talking about how much yoga has changed since when you began practicing seriously in Omaha. In 25 years from now, what do you think is the future of yoga? That's a good question. I think, well, first of all, I think yoga is not going anywhere. Like, yoga is, you know, people, sometimes people talk about it like, oh, it's a fad or whatever. Like, yoga is going to keep growing and changing and my hope is that um younger people and newer people to the practice and people like you you know and like this kind of thing continues to happen where people like study with a teacher or they you know study the practice and um they take it and they make it their own and they run with it. Like, I think that's what's really exciting to me about yoga. Like I get bored on Facebook when I see people just posting like generic yoga things. I get so excited. Like I like, there's just, there's certain teachers that I follow, like what they do all the time. Like Lisa Bermudez in New York and Bryn Christman in New York. And, um, and like the Kirtanias and, um, who else? I'm like drawing a blank, but I just like kind of the newer generation of, of yogis, Ashley Wynn, the grateful yogi and, um, her studio in Las Vegas and Sean Johnson in New Orleans and, um, and Kira down in Ojai and the laughing Lotus people, like just the, the people that are taking things and, um, you know, they're so steeped and they're so studied in the, the teachings that no one would ever doubt like that what they're doing is yoga, but they have their own independent voice and they're creating it and constantly shifting as they shift and not, they're not afraid to um, allow the practice to, to change and to evolve, evolve with them. And I think that that's how the practice of yoga like 
will continue to um, flourish for the next 25 years is if, you know, people are able to, to make it, to make it theirs and to keep it unique and um, flowing. So, yeah. Beautiful. Beautiful. What's next for you? I want to go to Disneyland. <laughs> I really do. I want to go to Disneyland and Las Vegas and Italy. <laughs> no. <laughs> um, <laughs> I've never been to those places and I really want to go. No. Um, I, so I, I, um, no, I'll, I'll be serious. It's hard to be serious, but, um, I want to keep, I, I want to keep, it's, it's interesting. I, I had this experience recently where I looked up actually at my birthday party, I looked around and I thought like, wow, I couldn't imagine like a better life for myself if I tried. Like, and that, that was like a really honest feeling. And, um, I, I feel really great. There's, there's really never a day in my life that I say like, I don't want to teach. Like there's days where I'm like, Oh, I'm tired or I don't feel quite right. But like, I, I really love that I get to get up every morning and have this platform where I can not only share yoga, but I can share stories and music and poetry and like what literally whatever is inspiring or not inspiring me. Like I can take it onto my mat and I can share it. Yeah. And so I want to just keep doing more of that and like growing community and, um, you know, getting to spend time with people that inspire me so that I can stay inspired. Um, and so right now we're, we're launching Yogi Wad and that's really exciting and definitely check it out. It's yogiwad.com. And, um, that's the, it's the first time that I've ever posted, um, weekly videos for like just accessible yoga practices. So I've been scared of video camera for, or, or all cameras for a long time. So that's exciting. Um, so that's there. And then, um, I have also in the new year, I'm part of the yoga reaches out team, which is, um, an incredible nonprofit. It's actually started by, um, a woman in our team in Boston. Um, and they're doing their second Bay area fundraiser. That's in March. And I'm a part of that. And just like retreats, trainings, all the, all the normal stuff and classes. Beautiful. So to close up our interview, I have a few either or questions for you. Okay. Apples or oranges? Apples. Green ones. Mountains <laughs> or oceans? Oceans. Early bird or night owl? Night owl. Smoothies or juices? Juices. Awesome. Thank you so much, Debbie, for finding the time to talk to us. It was such a pleasure. Thank you so much, Julia, and Running on Ohm. Oh. Thank you for listening to episode 10 of the Running on Ohm podcast with Debbie Steingesser, San Francisco-based yoga teacher, CrossFit Level 1 trainer, and creator of Yogi Wad. Check out runningonohm.com for links to Debbie's sites. This is your host, Julia Hanlon, and I hope you have a beautiful day.